In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Enesti. We'll try that one more time. Christos Enesti. Christ is risen. It gives me great joy, brothers and sisters, to see you on this blessed day. Today, of course, we celebrate the feast of the 50th day, the feast of Pentecost. And we proclaim today all together, blessed is the Lord, our God, who brought us to the joy of this holy feast of Pentecost, on which we celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the holy apostles and the other followers of our Savior in the upper room. And our gospel reading this morning came from the gospel according to St. John, chapter 15, verse 26, until chapter 16, verse 15. And it spoke to us about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, who proceeds from the Father alone and who guides the faithful throughout their lives. And although the gospel reading this morning is beautiful and full of depth and wisdom, I would like to meditate with you also on the reading of Acts this morning, and specifically on this passage. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This passage reflects more or less what we celebrate today. And since this passage tells us that on a certain day, on a certain month, a certain time, certain year, the Holy Spirit descended upon the disciples it might be very easy for us to fall into the mistake of approaching today's feast as though it were purely a historical event. This is, however, never the way we approach the feasts of the church. Generally speaking, we don't celebrate the feasts of the church for the sake of recounting stories in history. Instead, when we celebrate the feasts of the church, and especially the Feast of Pentecost, our duty is to hear the word of God, which is alive, to allow the word of God to renew and to make present what we are celebrating in the feast. So our celebration of this feast today is not celebrating something historical, nor is it simply remembering something that happened thousands of years ago. At the time of Pentecost, it is written that all present were full of the Holy Spirit. And the goal of our celebration of Pentecost this morning is that we too might be full of the Holy Spirit. This is the focus of our celebration this morning. And with God's grace, I would like to speak to you about the Feast of Pentecost and the unity of the church and of mankind. As we read the beautiful passage from Acts chapter 2, describing what happened on the day of Pentecost, we notice several features of the description that speak to us about the unity of the church. From the very beginning, we are told when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
They, the disciples and apostles, were all with one accord in one place. This place, of course, being the upper room where our Lord instituted the Lord's Supper, the first Eucharist. And so from the very beginning of the church, the followers of our Lord Jesus Christ were united in one place and in one accord before the Holy Spirit descended upon them. They were united in the upper room, which of course is a symbol of the Holy Church, and they were in one accord. They were united when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And what was the effect of the descent of the Holy Spirit upon them? It further established and cemented their unity. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 tells us, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The fact that the apostles began to speak in different languages simultaneously emphasizes their unity because through the work of the Holy Spirit, they transcended different language barriers that divided mankind, that divided humanity into different races and different nations and different social statuses. Because the apostles were united, the Holy Spirit descended upon them and gave them the tools to further unite the peoples of the world and to unite them in a common bond of faith through their active preaching and ministry throughout the world. One of the great early church fathers, St. Irenaeus of Lyon, he commented on the unity the apostles achieved through the work of the Holy Spirit when he said, with one accord, in all languages, they uttered praise to God, the Spirit bringing distant tribes to unity and offering to the Father the first fruits of all nations. There is a beautiful symbolism here because if you were to read in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 10, you would see that the Feast of Pentecost originally was a Jewish feast in which the priest offered to God the first fruits of the harvest in the temple. Outside the upper room, the Jewish people were celebrating this feast. They were celebrating the new harvest in a literal way. But inside the upper room, the apostles were celebrating the new harvest in a spiritual way. For them, the new harvest was not merely the fruits of the earth, but rather the new harvest was the first fruit of all peoples, of all nations, of all races that were previously divided, and these people who would be now united through the work of the Holy Spirit and the preaching of the followers of Christ. And the image of the apostles simultaneously speaking in different languages is a powerful contrast to an event that we encounter earlier in our human history, which is recorded in Genesis chapter 11. This, of course, is the building of the Tower of Babel. St. Luke, the author of the third gospel, as well as the author of the book of Acts, he emphasizes the disciples speaking in different tongues to create a contrast between what happened on the day of Pentecost and what happened earlier when mankind attempted to build 
the Tower of Babel. In both Pentecost and Babel, we see a project. There is a project. And that project is to unite all of humanity. Right? In both, that's what's going on. A project to unite all of humanity. But in Babel, the unity that was being sought was a human and a fallen unity. It was a unity decided upon by human beings for the sake of their own glory. The inhabitants of Babel said to each other in their common language, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we should be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Their goal then was to make a name for themselves. Their whole project came from arrogance and a desire to have power and fame. On the day of Pentecost, however, the apostles used their common language not to speak about themselves, but rather to speak about the mighty acts of God. And this is a very important contrast between them. The people of Babel, they used their common language to build a monument to themselves, whereas the apostles on Pentecost used their common language to build a monument to God. St. Cyril of Jerusalem commented on this contrast, saying, In Babel, that former confusion of tongues, there was a division of purpose, for their intention was evil. On Pentecost, there was a restoration and a union of minds, since the object of the disciples' zeal was pious. In addition, St. Augustine puts it simply saying, Through proud men the languages were divided, through the humble apostles they were reunited. This powerful contrast between the confusion of tongues at the Tower of Babel and the uniting of tongues on the day of Pentecost teaches us that there are two ways in which we can be united. We can be united according to the flesh, as the people of Babel were, or we can be united according to the Spirit, as the apostles were. To be united according to the Spirit is to become decentered from ourselves and recentered on God. It is to go from a life in which we care primarily about ourselves and our own needs to a Christocentric life in which we have Christ at the center of our lives. The reasons the apostles were united in the Spirit on Pentecost is because they underwent this transformation in their lives. You remember before Pentecost, the apostles were seeking their own glory as they debated with each other on the road who was the greatest among them and who would be seated at the left and the right hand of our Lord Jesus Christ. But after Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended upon them and shifted their focus away from themselves and towards Christ, we are told that they formed a community. Their concern was no longer themselves and who would be the greatest, but rather they formed a community of one heart and one mind. Because they humbled themselves, they were united 
with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the lesson for us is this. When we humble ourselves, we will increase in the measure of the Holy Spirit within us. And with the measure of the Holy Spirit within us, we will become a community and we will seek after unity. And we will seek after unity not only because the Holy Spirit is within us, but also because of our bond together in love. The more we stop loving ourselves, the more we love others. And the more we love others, the more we are united to each other. One of the best images of this fact is the analogy of the soul and the body that was used by St. Augustine. He teaches us that what the soul is to the human body, the Holy Spirit is to the church, which is the body of Christ. Just as the soul makes our bodies alive, the only reason we're alive today and moving and able to discern and to live is because our souls, our invisible souls, are still attached to our body. But the very definition of death is when the soul departs from the body. When the soul leaves the body, there is no longer life in the body. And so St. Augustine says that what the soul is to the body, the Holy Spirit is to the church. And as long as the Holy Spirit is in the church, which is the body of Christ, the church is alive. The church is united. And this is because the Holy Spirit himself is unity. And we see this concept come alive in the life of the disciples. In terms of their personalities and their backgrounds, and perhaps, yes, even their races, they were as different as any twelve could be. The gospel makes it clear that our Lord did not choose them because of their, the compatibility of their personalities. Throughout the gospel, we see each of them acting in radically different ways. Nonetheless, today on Pentecost, they were bound together in a community of love through the Holy Spirit. And this community was not based on mutual compatibility or common interests or even a common race but rather this community was centered on Christ and united in the Holy Spirit. And it is the same with each and every one of us today. We are not a church of similarly minded people. We are not just people who came together because we speak the same language. We are a church because God made a community out of us even though we are radically very different from one another. And so we see that the church is not an institution. The church is not a corporation. The church is not like any institution in this world, but rather the church is a miracle. The church is different because all of us here, even today, are quite different from each other, but we are united in the Holy Spirit and in the bond of love. For centuries before the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given only to the prophets, to the kings, to the judges. But now anyone with faith may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit through the church, irrespective of whether you are a fisherman or a tax collector, a Jew 
or a Gentile, irrespective of whether you are male or female, or young or old, or black or white, irrespective of what job you have, irrespective of what language you speak, you are all united through the Holy Spirit in the Church. And as we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost today and the strong emphasis on unity, it is my hope that each and every one of us will examine our lives and meditate on what it means to be united today, not only here in the Church, but also outside in our society, especially in these days where division and hatred has taken hold of our society. Let us avoid being united by our own desires according to what we think is best, like the builders of the Tower of Babel. Instead, let us be united, first of all, by being humble, by decentralizing our own selves and focusing instead on being centered in Christ. Let us be united, as St. Paul tells us, with the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We know, as we can see today from the news, every minute and every hour, we know that Satan, the evil one, and his demons are constantly striving to divide us, not only our society, but also our church. There is a constant attack, a constant temptation for us to be divided. But our job is to know this warfare, and our job is to constantly fight to maintain the unity among us. Think of an example of a spider weaving a beautiful web. As soon as that web tears in any place, the spider will rush to the torn part to fix that tear by whatever means possible so that the web will always remain beautiful. If you've ever studied a web, it really is a miracle. That web is so beautiful in its precision, in its geometric pattern. It is so beautiful. And when there's a tear in that beautiful thing, the spider will come at any cost, and it will strive to fix that tear. And this is exactly what we have to do in our relationships and in the church, and these days especially in our society. If we find a division, if we find a tear, so to speak, among us, we must rush to fix that tear by whatever means possible. St. Paul teaches us that the best way to preserve unity is through the bond of peace. That means that what, when any division arises, we have to be quick to make peace between both sides. And if we bring peace first, then the unity will come. Peace is the most important thing in our lives, and it is part of the process of attaining this unity which the Holy Spirit grants to us on this beautiful and miraculous 50th day, the day of Pentecost. May our Lord Jesus Christ grant to each and every one of us the gift of the Holy Spirit which comes from his Father, so that we may be guided to all unity, not only in the church, but also in our families and in our society. And glory be to God forever. Amen.